From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and we've got the big brass here today, literally. So much, in fact, that we have to move over to Studio C, our TV studio, to fit everybody in. Instead of one band today, we've got two, the New Hot Five, and the student band from BYU, the Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band. If you listen very much, you'll know each of those groups have been on our show before, but this is the first time to have them together. You may also recall Dr. Steve Call's name. He's the man who founded, leads, and sometimes plays with both of them. So warm up your face muscles because you're going to be smiling nonstop. You can't help it when you hear this music. From the new Hot Five, we're going to hear from them first with Steve Call on tuba, Clark Burnside, clarinet, Daniel Henderson, trumpet, Brian Woodbury, trombone, and Joshua Payne, banjo. This song is the very first jazz song ever recorded. It's the original Dixieland One Step. Thank you. 
Dixieland One Step, performed by the New Hot Five on BYU Radio's live music program, Highway 89. I mentioned that was the very first jazz song ever recorded. It's actually the A-side of this record, and it was so new, they didn't even know how to spell jazz yet. It's (laughs) J-A-S-S. Later they figured it out. J-A-S-S, the original Dixieland jazz band. Jazz band. And on the label it says, For Dancing. Yes. Like in case someone couldn't figure it out by right. listening to the music. <laughs> this, this caused a whole revolution. It, uh, it's what made the 20s roar. This was 1917. A uh, group of young uh, uh, white musicians from New Orleans showed up in Chicago first and then to New York City where they had an opportunity to record. And the rest is history. I'm talking to Steve Call, professor in the BYU School of Music, also a tuba player, a big lover of jazz, so much that he founded two bands. Is that so you could play twice as much? Well, I don't play with a student band quite as much, but <laughs> I love to play. You know, you were playing nonstop uh, because yes. the tuba is the bass in, right. in this. Have, have you ever had like a breath-holding comp- competition for lung capacity? No. <laughs> it's, it's actually more important than lung capacity is the ability to breathe quickly. Mm. And that's, that's what I teach my students more than being able to hold a lot of air, but be able to move the air fast. And playing Dixieland tuba is a great way to develop that ability. <laughs> you have to sneak breaths everywhere, every chance you get. Well, we're glad to have both of these bands in the studio. And you have a concert happening later this evening after that's right. we're done with this taping. We're just bringing you a part of that show, but it's such great music. I wonder... Just tell us how a Dixieland band came out. I understand maybe it, it sort of started with Civil War brass bands. Well, certainly uh, the brass bands in New Orleans during the Civil War had a big impact on uh, recently freed enslaved people who had a musical tradition more of folk blues and, and, and spiritual music. And as you know, uh, New Orleans was captured early in the Civil War by the Union Army and Navy. And uh, there were no less than about 17 or 18 military brass bands along the Gulf Coast that that paraded regularly and had a big influence on, on the musicians there. Well, it's about the most fun music that you could possibly you. hear. We're going to uh, let you take your place here. We're going to hear another song here okay. in just a minute from the new Hot Five. We started with that tune from the original Dixieland Jazz Band, and now we're going to play the B side of that record. So uh, this was from that very same first recording session, and uh, I still am wondering why they had to tell people it's for dancing. Here is the Livery Stable Blues performed by the new Hot Five. Thank you. 
From the BYU Radio Studios, a live performance of the Livery Stable Blues, played by the New Hot Five. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Daniel Henderson played trumpet on that last piece. Dr. Henderson is a lecturer on music at Harvard University, where he teaches courses in jazz, harmony, and jazz improvisation, and evidently on horse-winning technique. <laughs> That's right. 
That's one of the most important skills as a young trumpeter, and I never imagined I would use it as an older trumpeter. But here I am. Well, I'm actually pretty glad to get, give a little bit of press to the music department there. We hear of, the, the of course, the MBA at the Harvard Business School and, and lawyers. But tell, tell us real quickly in a nutshell about the music school. It exists. <laughs> it is there. It is real. And it's great. Am amazing scholars of musicology, ethnomusicology, composition, music theory, and more and more jazz. So if we reach back into the mists of jazz history in Dixieland, who thought, Man, a banjo would sure sound good with all these, with all these guys. You know, I don't know if anyone thinks that yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, Joshua would beg to differ, probably. But yeah, uh, we're happy I, to have I Joshua with us. I love it, but it's us, not so. the first thing. Like we really need a banjo with these, with these guys. <laughs> you know, so. you know, a banjo is is like a, a mix between I think uh, guitar and drums. It's so loud and percussive that we kind of almost don't need a drummer uh, when we have Joshua just clanging away on that thing. Well, in, in the trumpet world now, which, uh, of course, the instrument you play, who, who, who was the first person that we say, man, they, they really started that? I mean, we all think of Louis Armstrong. There was a guy in New Orleans named Buddy Bolden who never recorded, but he's gone down as a legend in jazz today that is cr uh, credited maybe more than anyone else with creating the music that came to be called jazz. He could play extremely loud. He could swing. He could groove. Uh, he made the music so exciting and earthy and um, gave it a new kind of rhythmic vitality that people had never heard before. So how about you? Did you start classical or start jazz? And then because you do both. I started classical, always loving jazz, maybe even preferring jazz, but my, my first teacher was primarily a classical teacher, and even through my undergrad and college, my degree was in classical trumpet performance, but jazz always was the thing that I would listen to uh, if I had my choice. There are some really well-known trumpet players in the classical world, but it seems like the ones in the jazz world have bigger names. More people are familiar with them. And I'm wondering, is it really common? We know Wynton Marsalis is a, a big crossover artist, both genres. Is that common, or do people mostly focus one way or the other? Probably more and more it's getting common to do both. Uh, as there's uh, less and less work for trumpet players, you kind of have to um, have many different talents and be able to be ready for classical uh, or jazz, whatever is willing to uh, pay you on a particular night, you go and do it. And if you can't do it well, you're going to learn fast. Well, we know you're good. You're Harvard good. We also <laughs> like to claim that you're BYU good because you're an alum that's right. here. But uh, So is there some mountain that you want to climb, like uh, learning to play Alan Vizzuti's Fire Dance or, or something oh. like that? Oh, some challenge gosh. out there. Gosh, Alan Vizzuti. Uh, Alan Vizzuti is, is like uh, something, uh, he, he is sort of a Mount Everest of things that I will probably never do on the trumpet. Uh, just um, superhuman uh, technique uh, on the instrument. Uh, I'd say maybe that my uh, goals that I would really love to do it don't have to do so much with uh, achieving something on the trumpet so much as... Um, uh, scholarship in music and exposing uh, the world to new ideas, new creative ideas about music, how to think about it, how to study it, how to appreciate it on a more deep level. With a, with a little more education, uh, your appreciation and enjoyment of music can be much more deep.
Daniel Henderson, trumpet player with the New Hot Five. Thank you so much. We're going to hear the other band, and don't worry, but by the end, we'll put them all together. I know that's what you're waiting to hear, but we're going to hear a piece called Millenberg Joys. This is a Jelly Roll Morton song, and it, it should have actually been Milnberg, but everybody started calling it Millenberg Joys. By the way, Jelly Roll Morton, born Ferdinand Joseph Lamont, he... Uh, it's a good thing he changed his name, I think. He used his stepfather's name, and so he would not disgrace his family if anyone discovered the type of establishments he was playing in. And he was prescient because as soon as his grandma found out, he was out the door. But lucky for us, never stopped playing. Here's the BYU Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band with Millenberg Joys. <laughs>
the Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band, one of the student ensembles here at BYU, performing Jelly Roll Morton's Millenberg Joys. And uh, Millenberg, that's uh, at Lake Pontchartrain. There used to be a lighthouse sticking up there out of the water. They've drained it now, and you just see a lighthouse in the middle of a shopping mall and a university out there. Let's introduce the Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band. We just heard Jory Woodis clarinet, Osti Robinson trumpet, Brian Woodbury trombone, Parker Spears, he plays banjo and guitar in the band, and Zoe Jorgensen bass, Brenda Tolman drums. Brian Woodbury, you are playing with both groups today. Yeah. Doing double duty. Also in the concert tonight? Yes, also in the concert tonight. Yeah, we think someone should be buying you dinner. I think so, too. I, I, I've been talking to several people about that, but uh, we'll see what happens. We, we think you were the perfect person to introduce this next piece because you wrote it. Oh, well, I guess that would qualify me somewhat. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Jory, uh, my good friend who was... Uh, we were, we were going to record a CD together, actually, and he asked me to uh, put together uh, this piece, and uh, I, I called it Sunnyside Avenue, and I just tried to come up with a, with a melody that would be nice and uh, both light and fun, a little bit, uh, kind of a little bit of sass in there that you might hear uh, that I found enjoyable while writing it, but I also wanted something that would really stick in people's heads, and so writing it was a little bit of a pain because, you know, I would... Uh, for weeks, I would just be humming the melody in my head. But <laughs> Well, we want to let you take your place. We're going to hear this piece you wrote. Brian is the lead trombone in BYU Synthesis Jazz Band. Also, of course, plays in their Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band we've just heard. And also, he's recorded with the rock pop group Neon Trees and has substituted with the Salt Lake Symphony and belongs to the Utah Trombone Ensemble. He's just a busy music guy. So here's the BYU Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band, Sunnyside Avenue. Thank you. 
Brian Woodbury's Sunnyside Avenue, played by the student ensemble here at BYU, the Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band. What a great trio section, too, in the middle of that really fun music. Zoe Jorgensen plays the upright bass. Uh, Zoe, what year are you here at school? I'm a senior. A senior? Oh, so you're yep. enjoying your, is this the last hurrah? Or some people get another <laughs> senior I have. Year. I will have two senior okay, years. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'll make the most of both of them. Mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> so when people are starting the violin, for instance, and they're very small, they start off as a kid with a little half-size violin. So have you, uh, did you start playing bass right away? It was... <laughs> I started bass when I was 12, actually, and I was probably three foot eight at okay. the time. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to carry my instrument for a year. <laughs> <laughs> was this like doctor's orders? Or <laughs> yeah, well, because it's was just big. And my orchestra teacher, she she told me, she said, sometimes the smallest people make the best bass players, which was probably just to make me feel better. But She was right. <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, tell us, uh, 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 recording under a different name, the Salt City Six, uh, all of you guys and you gal, mm-hmm. plus a piano player, have this new album called Sunnyside Avenue. So I'm yep. guessing that the song we just heard is on there. Yeah, definitely it is. And uh, people can find that online at saltcity6.com. That's S-I-X spelled out. So often in jazz, uh, w- the bass really is the foundation, and so you can't really drop out. But do you get your fair share of solos? Yeah, yes, <laughs> I do. It, I mean, it depends on the group that you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for coming and playing for us today. We're going to talk for just a minute to Dr. Steve Call, who we mentioned at the very beginning is uh, the instigator of these groups. And for Dr. Call, we, we thought if Jelly Roll Morton had a cool name, you do enough music, we, th- we figure you need a name. We're working on a jazz name for you. Do you have a suggestion? We have one. Okay, let's hear yours. Uh, well, this is really bad, but I'm doing my best. Okay. Uh, Steve, first call, get it? Because first call player. See, oh, it's yeah. not. It, uh-huh. But I'm yeah, I wish I was the first call player. <laughs> Thank you. Actual rim shot. This is great. Um, okay, we're going to work on that. We're In gonna... the tuba world, I'm about third call around here. <laughs> okay. I used to be first call. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a real inspiring nickname, Steve, third call. I yeah. like that. I Preferred, like that. right. So we're going to hear two versions of a piece, as I understand. We want you to just set this up briefly for us, the, these two okay. pieces. Okay, you know, our hear. concert tonight is called A Night in New Orleans. And I tried to create kind of a historical perspective for our concert. So I thought I would show how the brass band movement had influence in the jazz world. Uh, we've played in, in the New Hot Five, we played a piece that was recorded on one of our recent CDs called the 1919 Rag that Dixieland bands have played for decades and decades. But it's When was ha- it written? Well, we don't know. It just kind <laughs> of just emerged. Kidding. I was thinking it would be We don't know where it came but... from. It's just <laughs> kind of a... There was no one attributed as the composer or anything. Uh. It's just bands started playing it, and they called it 1919 Rag. Well, I did a little research, and I discovered this march that was composed around 1905 called the Rough Rider March, which celebrates Teddy Roosevelt and the, and the write-ups on San Juan Hill and everything. Yeah. And so I, I found a copy of this march. So we're going to just demonstrate how, how marching music can be translated into jazz. But this march has kind of an interesting hook in it in that it has some ragtime rhythms. A ragtime is not jazz, it preceded jazz, 
And so we have the combination of marching music and a little ragtime, kind of stiff, ricky-ticky syncopation, and then the way that all the New Orleans musicians play the 1919 march or the 1919 uh, rag these days great let's so hear here we it go. we'll let you run over to to your tuba there so a little bit of musicology here we're going to let you hear first played a little bit straighter and then we're going to hear the next version and we're going to let it swing a little bit so this is both bands the new hot five and the jazz legacy dixieland band with rough riders march and 1919 rag Thank you. 
<laughs> Both bands, the New Hot Five and the Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band, Rough Riders March 1919 Rag, just like we've always loved them, only now, with twice as much banjo, clarinet, and trumpet. We're going to hear two more pieces before we go out. So much great music. This one has a great title, Wild Man Blues. And some say Jelly Roll Morton did it. Some say it was Mr. Louis Armstrong. They both recorded it, so who really knows? But we're going to hear these two bands now performing the Wild Man Blues.
That's the Wild Man Blues. Jelly Roll Morton and Louis Armstrong both credited, both played it. And maybe the magic is we can't really explain why that music is so great. It's just so great. <laughs> it just, you cannot hold still. And at least for me, just smiling from ear to ear. So we're going to hear one more that we know is by Mr. Louis Armstrong. This is Cakewalking Babies from Home. I have to read some of the lyrics we won't hear, but I just love this. You, you can picture the cakewalk, this big high step and dance. Cakewalkers may come, cakewalkers may go, but I want to tell you about a couple I know. High step and pair, debonair. When it comes for business, not a soul can compare. Now the only way to win him is to cheat him. You may tie him, but you will never beat him. Strut your stuff. They're the cakewalking babies from home. So let's hear this performed by both our bands.
Cakewalking Babies from Home. Before that, the Wild Man Blues live on BYU Radio. Performed together by the two bands we've had in studio today, the New Hot Five Jazz Band and the Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band. Just a quick reminder from the New Hot Five. Steve Call Tuba, Joshua Payne Banjo, Brian Woodbury Trombone, Daniel Henderson Trumpet, and Clarinetist Clark Burnside. And the Jazz Legacy Dixieland Band, Jory Woodis Clarinet, Osti Robinson Trumpet, Brian Woodbury Trombone, Parker Spears Banjo and Guitar, Zoe Jorgensen Bass, and Brennan Big Four Tolman on drums. Thank you. We cannot thank you enough. I know you've got another show tonight, but thanks for not holding back and giving us what you got. That was just wonderful to hear. For those of you who are listening at home or if you just caught part of our show and want to hear the first part, hear it again or share it. Why not? That's easy to do. All our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org highway89. Also, follow us on Twitter at byuh89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistant is Abby Horlocker, and the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cat Perry. Thanks for listening. 